Hey, this is Bill Kasky. Before we start today, Brian, we've got some really exciting news for the folks. Yes, we do. You know, over the last few weeks, you've heard us promoting Stamps.com a lot. They're a great advertising partner with us. So great, in fact, that we've decided to offer one hour of complimentary coaching with both you and I for a Stamps.com purchaser. That's right, Bill. If you sign up right now on Stamps.com using our promo code Advanced Selling, do this prior to November 15th, send us the email confirmation you receive from Stamps.com to list at advancedsellingpodcast.com and your name will be entered into a drawing for a free live coaching session with Bill and myself. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone and type in advanced selling. Send us the confirmation email to listener at advancedsellingpodcast.com. Do this by November 15th and you will be entered to win a free coaching session. Yeah. Welcome to the Advanced Selling Podcast, the longest running sales training podcast created exclusively for sales professionals to help you create your own sales success. That's what we're committed to here at the Advanced Selling Podcast. I'm Bill Kasky. I'm Brian Neal. And we'll be your host for today's episode. Lots of new listeners, Brian. Lots of new listeners. Loads. And uh, we can just tell by the download numbers, Troves. they continue to go up. And so those of you who are fairly new to our little tribe here, you can uh, a couple of things you can do. You can go to LinkedIn, advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn. Make sure you get in our LinkedIn group. Uh, you can also go to advancedsellingpodcast.com, put in your email address and first name, and we will send you the ultimate pregame audio program. And also, if you're so inclined and a little bit more ambitious than others, you can go to the advancedsellingpodcast.com. There's two products there. One's called a resource toolkit and one's called All In, which is a comprehensive audio training solution for salespeople. Bill, one thing that we know about our listeners, what's one thing you know about our listeners? One thing is they're focused on results. They yep. are creative. They feel like they own their own businesses. Yeah, most of them do. Most of, most of you listening are entrepreneurial. I know you are in nature. And uh, whether you're uh, looking for something new to do, or maybe you've got a great sales territory built up, your income's cooking along, and you want something to supplement that, or maybe your spouse is going back to work, we've got a great idea for you. And we're going to invite you today to take the next step in that entrepreneurial journey with our friends at Edible Arrangements. They're the brand that revolutionized gifting with hand handcrafted fruit arrangements, gourmet chocolate covered fruit. Also now they've got delicious everyday treats like smoothies, fruit salads, and parfaits. And as an edible arrangement franchisee, you'll get access to an established brand with 16 years of growth, 80% brand recognition, and 1,200 locations worldwide. You'll also benefit from know-how, support, and millions of visitors to the Edible Arrangements e-commerce platform. We want you to discover why Entrepreneur Magazine named Edible Arrangements a top franchise and among their best of the best for 2015. So whether you're looking to supplement your income, support your spouse going back to work, whatever the reason, start your journey to sweet success as an Edible Arrangements franchise owner today. Call 1-888-727-4258 or go to edible.com. That's 1-888-727-4258 or go to edible.com. Well, we have a very special guest on the Advanced Selling Podcast this week. As you know, listeners who have been listening to us for a while, we have just started to interview what we think are real power voices in the business community. And we have one such voice today. His name is Greg McCune. Greg, welcome to the Advanced Selling Podcast. I'm delighted to be with you. Greg, you can find uh, him at Greg McCune, G-R-E-G-M-C-K-E-O-W-N.com. He's written a book called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And uh, he has several questions that he asked that I think are interesting. Have you ever found yourself uh, stretched too thin? 
never uh, sometimes never feel happened. overworked well you would never feel never work right never and underutilized which i really like that one <laughs> do you ever feel motion sickness instead of momentum mm. does your day sometimes get hijacked by someone else's agenda never do you have a day that doesn't get never. hijacked and have you ever said yes simply to please someone and then resented it oh, later? Oh, never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if you answered uh, yes to any of these, the way out is the way of the essentialist. And once again, Greg uh, has written the book. Tell, tell us a little bit about the, um, the background. I know you've got a, a pretty uh, profound story when you were in law school and what happened to you when you came to this country. Tell that if that's a good place to start on this journey that we're going to be on today. Well, this... It all started 16 years ago when I was staring at a piece of paper in my hands with all of these uh, scribbles and answers to the question, what would you do if you could do anything? And what I noticed when I was finished was not what was on the list, but what was not on the list. And law school was not on the list. Uh, But as you just indicated, that was a problem because I was at the time at law school. Uh, So so what do you do? And I called my parents. And uh, uh, in fact, I remember my mother answered. Uh, a little fortunately, and she said, uh, <laughs> she, she listened for a while, and she said, she said I think you better talk to Dad. Uh, oh, no, <laughs> no. And so so he, he comes on the phone, and what, what would you, in fact, let's just, let's just ask to answer the question, uh, what would you say if your, your son calls you from halfway across the world? Uh, you know, I was visiting a friend here at the time in Colorado, and, 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 uh, and suddenly announces, well, I'm just going, you know, I don't think I want to do law school anymore. What are you going to say to that? Were you in Colorado, yeah. did you I, say? I, uh, yes, I was visiting in Colorado. Okay, and I pot was, was not legal. Pot was not legal then, right? <laughs> uh, and, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know. But, yeah. uh, but I, I, do know that, I do know that I was, uh, I, I, you know, I was in law school in England. I mean, but really, what? Oh, I see. I see where you're going now. I'm slow on the uptake <laughs> It's okay. There. It's okay. Are you smoking and, uh, pot, Gray? What, what, what's going on there? What, what's going on? I don't know. I just, I, 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 I just want to teach and write. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> teach and write. You've got this law school in England. That's this. Uh, you're going to be a, a, an amazing lawyer, and we've set you up for life for this. What, what, what's this teaching writing stuff? I just, it's not, it's not the thing for me. I just don't feel like it's the right path. I feel like I'm. I'm, I'm trying, trying to straddle it, trying to do law school, but also doing the thing I really want to do, which is to teach and write. And that, that's really, I think, my, my, higher, my higher point of contribution. But Greg, uh, if you go to law school and finish law school, you'll be set forever. You can get a job and make a whole bunch of money the rest of your life. So, so I think what you're saying is that if I'm lost and I just keep going, then, uh, then, then that's, that's going to help me. Is that what you're saying, Dad? Yes, you'll be secure the rest of your life. You'll be a lawyer, son. You'll be smarter than 99% of the people on the planet. All right, Dad. I'll, I'll, just, I'll just come home. I'll go to law school. <laughs> no. Good, good answer. Good answer, son. <laughs> that's, uh, that's not what my dad said. Um, here, here's, here's what my dad said. Well, first of all, i got to give context. He, he, my whole life, he'd given this basic instruction. He said, look, you know, Get all the education you can so you could keep your options open. Yeah, mm-hmm. which yeah. Is, is 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 good advice as yeah. far as it goes. Uh, but then he he listens to me for a while, which isn't entirely like him. And then he said, he said, look, he says, you know what I've always told you. And then he he, he follows this up with, uh, he, you know, because all Englishmen quote Shakespeare <laughs> over tea and crumpets. Uh, for breakfast in the morning, he pulls out this line 
uh, from, from Shakespeare, from Hamlet. He says, to thine own self be true. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which, uh, he'd, you know, he said, that, he, that's what I've always told you. He'd never said that to me in his whole <laughs> no, life. No, of course he not. He was that. saving that so, thing. <laughs> so here, but but that, that, this, was, that, this was the key moment. And so, so what I pursued, I didn't, I never went back to law school. And, and, and here's what I pursued instead. The answer to the question that basically was written on that piece of paper, which was, why is it that otherwise successful people and companies don't break through to the next level? Mm-hmm. And that's the material question. And that's the question for, uh, for your listeners too, because yeah, they're smart, they're driven, they're capable. So why is it that sometimes uh, such people working hard, do, doing important things, don't, uh, you know, aren't able to break through? Yeah. What do you think about that? What are your answers to that? Well, and you said in one of your uh, in one of the videos that I watched, we talk about I'm paraphrasing that success is the biggest deterrent of success. Are you are you are you are you, are you cheating? I've looked ahead. And anyone listening to this and anyone that knows me, this is Brian, will be shocked that I actually Um, prepared prepared. for anything in my life because I very, very rarely prepare for anything. And I did this morning. All right, then. Kudos. What what, what is it? What is the answer? (laughs) The answer, according to Greg McCune, is success is the biggest deterrent of success. You want me to keep going on the video? I've got it memorized. (laughs) I, I, I'm I'm impressed that you have it. It's brilliant. Uh, I, uh, it's brilliant. It really so, is. Look, here, here's that's, that's exactly so. So the the answer was hidden in plain sight. Uh, that that when successful people, yeah, when when capable people are focused on the right few things at the right time, they put in the energy and so on. Yeah, they break through to the next level of success. That's great. That's exactly the that's exactly what they wanted. But it comes with uh, the 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 problem of opportunities and options now this doesn't sound like a problem that sounds like at the very worst the right problem to have yeah but it, it, it does turn out to be a problem if it leads to what jim collins called the undisciplined pursuit of more yeah uh, and so you can see this is you know any salesperson listening to this for any entrepreneur uh, you know that they they are almost certainly driven they want to get results and they start to get results they start to make some momentum and then they can become uh, a victim of their own success. Uh, and, and they start having enough phone calls to make, enough people are asking for information, enough work to be done that they're able to be busy, they're able to bring in a certain level of success. And that is exactly what keeps them from breaking through to the next mm-hmm. level. And it's a simple, simple math, really, because you know, you've only got so much time, you've only got so much energy, and it gets consumed with all of the results of your previous work yeah. mm-hmm. to get to yeah. this point. And so the antidote to that problem is, from my point of view, the disciplined pursuit of less but better. You know, that that, that in, Instead of just doing what uh, success tells you to do, you know, instead of just responding and reacting to success, you have a relentless pursuit of what is really essential. And by doing that, you're able to break through to the next mm-hmm. level. That's awesome. You know, uh, Greg, we're speaking today with Greg McCune. You can find him at Greg McCune, M-C-K-E-O-W-N.com. His book is Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. You quoted Peter Drucker in your book, and I'm not going to read the entire quote here because I didn't write it all down, but the essence of it is that we are, 
we are in a society and in a culture where we have unprecedented change in the human condition, which is the growing number of people that have choices, the growing number of choices and the growing number of people that have choices. And you also talk about in your book the mindset shift that has to be made when you commit to this way of life. Um, what is it about people that, some, that, that makes it so hard for us to make that mental shift to the, ascent, the way of the essentialist? Well, look, first of all, you know, the, the news, <clears throat> the news in society continues to be the Internet. So so for however, however much we've talked about it, however much we have, uh, you know, it's so much has been and so on. That feels like that's not news at all. But it is because it's fundamentally continues to revolutionize the the number of options and opportunities that people have everywhere. And not by one or two, but by a massive amount and not just the number of options, but because it's not just information overload. As we move into the between being connected to hyper connected, we're moving between information overload to opinion overload. Hmm. And so in that new condition, you know, we we are individually and collectively you know, unprepared for the level of the challenge. So we have failed to adapt sufficiently quickly to the challenge at hand. And, uh, and so, you know, if you say, well, how, how much has the internet affected and transformed our life over the last 10 years, right? Has it had a, a 1% change? Has it had a 10% change? Has it, has it changed everything, the way we do everything, the way we communicate? Yeah, it's changed everything. Yeah. And the question is, have, what, have, have our skills, you know, has, this, has our mindset and our skill set shifted to the same degree yeah. and i would put to you that there's there's a massive disparity there that 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 hardly anybody has adjusted sufficiently to the change that we've faced so so that's the that's the gap that uh, really essentialism is trying to address is what is the capability what is the leadership that we need to thrive in this new environment that's what this is about wow so you've got a lot of clients that are in leadership positions and a lot of our audience, we've got a lot of leaders that listen to this, and we've got a probably a bigger audience that are actual salespeople. They're the, the team that are out executing that sort of thing. And so if you're in the salesperson's role, so you're a business-to-business salesperson, you're driving around the countryside to bring you back home a little bit, the countryside, right? And um, you're, you're, you're talking <laughs> to people. You're getting from your sales manager and your sales leaders a myriad of different initiatives all day, every day. Yeah. Sell this, push that program. And so my idea of essentialism as a salesperson, I feel like, where do I start? All this stuff is falling out of the sky at me. Can you give our listener a, a, a tactical first step when they get 15 priorities every week that are all, some of them even competing, what can a salesperson do to start practicing this concept of essentialism. Well, I mean, let's just let's just back up and, and have people think about, uh, you know, the the best salesperson they have ever met or worked with, the person who produced results that on the first, you know, sort of two weeks of the quarter they have hit their quota for the whole quarter. Mm. You know, the, 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 those that person, I would put to you, is almost certainly an essentialist about their work. They they aren't they aren't working ten, ten times harder yeah. than the next person. Yep. You know the difference between the good performer and the great performer. The difference between the successful salesperson and the very successful salesperson is not simply 
I, you know, 10 times more work. Yep. Uh, we're, we're not like Boxer the Horse in George Orwell's Animal Farm, uh, whose who's, who's problem to every setback uh, was, I will work harder. Yeah. And, and he exacerbated the very problems he was trying to solve because he didn't step back, look at the bigger picture. So, I mean, one thing that a salesperson can do uh, is, is simply to identify uh, every day, make a list before they leave, before they've, they've done with the day. They make a list. What are the six most valuable things I can do tomorrow morning? You know, most valuable contacts I can make, you know, the, the hard work, the thing that I don't, you know, they don't necessarily want to do. What is the most valuable six things? You put it in a priority order, and then you cross off the bottom five. Yay. Oh, wow. Well played, Greg. Me and like. you take that <laughs> item, you take that item, and you put it on a post-it note, and you put that on your computer or by your phone, whatever it is that you know, you're going to be able to do that first step. You schedule some time, and you just say, blinders on, I'm not doing anything else till I get that job done. Beautiful. And then maybe after that you can check email. You know, you, you check in. I'm not. I'm not to be unrealistic about about this. I know we sort of, we have to live in this, uh, navigate the real world. But then you get back to the next item on your list. What's the most valuable thing I can do next? There's a, there's a helpful acronym for this idea, which is um, which is the we want to win, uh, win. Yes, of course. Uh, and and win stands for what's important now. Mm-hmm. And and so this is this is what I think. Uh, you know, the best salespeople are doing. They they aren't simply working hard. They aren't just putting more hours. They are focused. They, they do put in more work. But but a key part of their of their breakthrough performance is that they are asking the question, look, who's the most important person I call next? What's the next most high leverage thing I can do? Instead of just getting lost in uh, in sort of returning email that we know isn't going to actually move the needle. Uh, we, we can we can, you know, you can end up playing around on email for two or three hours or surfing the internet and all sorts of things uh, dropping off on to a friendly client, uh, pr- friendly potential client, but somebody that you just know isn't the person who actually writes you the biggest check. Yeah. yeah. We, we can avoid the hard stuff. We can, we can, we can end up saying, look, I will take the undisciplined pursuit of the non-essential instead of the disciplined pursuit of the essential. Yeah. That's so good. Hey, Greg, you asked three questions in the book, and I think these questions are, are uh, profound in that I just don't think they're asked enough. And they, the three questions are, what am I, and these are questions that I presume you want people to ask themselves, what am I deeply inspired by, what am I talented at, and what meets a significant need in the world? And I think sometimes as sales professionals, we get on this track and we get, you know, 23, 24, we're out of college. Uh, we move into this role and that role. Before you know it, we're in the 30s and we're selling and we're, we've got a territory. And before you know it, we're 55 years old and we've really never thought about those three questions. What, what relevance do those three questions have in the execution of essentialism? Well, you, you don't have to ask those questions if you're okay with living what I'd call a parallel life. So if you're okay with living a life that's good, but is not the essential path, you know, that, that you, that, that's sort of the path of highest contribution, where you really just make the maximum impact for good uh, in, in the world. If, if you're okay with that, don't worry about the questions. Yeah. You, you just can take the path of least resistance. You can take the path, you, you know, you get into the corporation and the corporation will, will help to, you know, yeah, it can help you. It can help you develop and it will help you into the next step maybe of your of your career within that company but it will not as a rule uh help you design you know 
your most essential mission in life. No. Like the, no. the, the corporation isn't going to take responsibility for that. And I, I learned this the hard way. I remember, uh, I remember that I got an email from my boss uh, one time that said, uh, look, Friday would be a very bad time for your wife to have a baby because I need you to be at this meeting. Oops. I mean, my oh. wife, my, my wife was expecting you at the time. Otherwise, that would have been an even stranger question for, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, for a single for, guy. A, a request. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but, but, but so, so it comes to Friday. That is when my wife has a daughter. Uh, I, I'm in the hospital. The baby's been born. You know, mother and daughter are well. But instead of being pr- totally focused on this essential thing, this priority, I was pulled uh, in, in, in both directions. How can I do both? Can I, can I sort of keep my wife happy yeah. and, and also get to this meeting and keep my boss happy? Can I somehow navigate all of it? And to, uh, to my shame, I, I went to uh, the client meeting. And I remember afterwards, uh, my boss at the time, she said, look, you know, uh, the, the client will respect you for the choice you made. And, and I don't know about that. The, look, the look on their faces, the look on their faces, did not evince that sort of confidence, you know. But 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 nevertheless, I I, I realized that I had made a fool's bargain. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and in the process, learned what I think is a supremely valuable lesson, which is this: if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. God, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Do you think uh, this is a philosophical question? And and I know that you're from England and you're a U.S. citizen now. Do you think we have an addiction in the Western world or in the United States to success? Uh, yes, I mean certainly, certainly we do. But but even beyond that concern, to me, is an addiction and obsession with busyness. Mm-hmm. So so I think that we, you know, in fact, I just finished. I just finished reading the Wright brothers um and uh, the, uh the 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 book by um i can't remember, remember his name all of a sudden yeah, david mccullough oh yeah Fab- oh. fabulous book you know written at the the turn of the uh, the 20th century uh and i mean not written then but that's this that's when they are discovering flight they are pursuing a success they are focused on a task that consumes them. It, it taps their talent. It, it, they are passionate about it. They are skilled for this job. You know, nobody believed they could do it. And they were focused on this and they were able to, uh, you know, to do what literally people absolutely believed was impossible, was stated as just physically impossible for humans to do. That's amazing. That was a time of where in America, people were pursuing success, believing in success. But it's a different there's something different at play now, mm-hmm. which I think has grown culturally out of the success that that that, that America and other Western countries have have experienced over at least the last fifty years. So in the post post war world, where we've had enough success for long enough that people have uh, learned the wrong lessons from success. Uh, and, you know, as, as Bill Gates puts it, success can be a very poor teacher. Uh, and so, and so, because what happens is that people can get obsessed with with the appearance of success. They can become obsessed with with looking busy, being a an evidence of importance. And so, suddenly, there's been this shift from the underly- focusing on the underlying things that will lead and generate to success and renewal, you know, individually as, as, as in in companies and as a as a country. Uh, they've been we are culturally distracted 
from those things yeah. that really generated the success in the first place. So yes, this concerns me as a as a you know as a societal question, a cultural question, uh, but it also has real relevance for the individual who can get consumed in the same thing, uh, buy into the same bill of goods uh, that I was uh, that I myself uh, bought into. Yeah, that's great. Well, Greg, we appreciate uh, you coming on the show today and uh, talk, talk a little bit about the program that you have and some of the work that you're doing here. This is something fairly new and I read about it. It looks fascinating. Tell us, tell the audience a little bit about it. Well, this is, um, I mean, the, 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 the context for this is that after the book came out just over a year ago, uh, the, I was I was myself inundated with uh, all, all sorts of requests. Right? Will you do coaching? Can you do consulting? Can you do you know, training, speaking, and so on? And and I wrestled with this question very seriously. Uh, what is the very best way to become an essentialist? And not just what are some of the ways, and let's try and do them all. What is the best way? And I realized in that process that the way we normally approach trying to learn a new skill or become a better leader is really flawed uh, because we treat it as it's an event, not a process. And so, you know, you have a training for a day or for two days or even for a week, and then you expect people to be able to go out and do what yeah. they've just learned and they can't. And, and, and despite the fact that everybody accepts that that isn't the way you really learn, <laughs> uh, we still keep teaching that way. Yep. And so what we were able to develop as we challenged these assumptions was a, was a program where we bring together people. We have, we have a program for entrepreneurs, uh, for salespeople. This, this exists. Uh, I'll tell people how they can, you know, uh, apply for that if they're interested to uh, in, in a moment. But what happens is you bring these people together, these aspiring essentialists who want to break through to the next level, every 90 days for a year. And that's a very different approach. Because then when people come together, you're saying to everybody, look, just take a deep breath, learn the mindset. Don't worry about applying everything the next day when you get home. Just listen to the mindset, be here 90 days from now and allow what can be done. I think people overestimate what they can learn and develop in a day and underestimate what they can uh, what they can uh, experience and, and achieve within a year. And so our program is based on that. So people just, uh, you know, it's an application process. Not everyone applies, gets in. We're looking very, very thoughtfully at who we're looking for, uh, people who are full of light, uh, uh, for example, nice people, for example. We don't just want driven people. We want people who want to go from success to significance. Uh, but, they, they, you know, the application process is on applyessential.com, applyessential.com. And, uh, yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Apply Essential. We'll put that in the show notes, too, uh, to make sure people who maybe didn't write that down can get it. ApplyEssential.com. Once again, the book is Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less by Greg McCune. And Greg, we're so grateful that you uh, carved out some time for us today. And uh, we appreciate your message and the work you do. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you ever so much for having me. Okay. Bye for now. Okay. Take care. Cheers. Uh, as always, great episode, uh, Greg, with some phenomenal thoughts. And by all means, if you don't do anything else, go do his little trick of listing six things out and crossing off the bottom five and do the top one. I'm going to start to do that immediately. So um, if you haven't done it already, go uh, give us your email address and download your copy of the Ultimate Pregame Audio Program. Go do that right now. And uh, also, if you've not purchased already the uh, program called All In, uh, I'd highly, highly recommend you uh, get a hold of that on our products page on our, on our website there. Uh, and uh, for our LinkedIn users and LinkedIn group members, we're glad you're there. If you're not there, join the party. 
Come join about 4,999 of your best friends who are also podcast listeners and start delving into the conversations at our LinkedIn group, advancedsellingpodcast.com slash LinkedIn. That does it for today. We will see you next time on the latest episode of the Advanced Selling Podcast.